In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma... to you by the Civil Law Enforcement Agency of France. Welcome in to episode 17 of The Gospel Friends. I'm David. Bonjour. Je m'appelle Chase. All right, show off. This is Nick. Is that real French? That's real French. It sounded real like real French. Do do you know why the Civil Law Enforcement Agency of France is sponsoring this episode? Please tell us, David. No, I don't know. Because to reach them in France, you dial 17. Nice. Instead of 911 or whatever, you dial 17. All right. Why not? Maybe if we have any French listeners, they can validate that. Do we have any French listeners, Chase? In England, you dial 018-999-881-9901197523. I bet no one comes because <laughs> you never actually – people have killed you by the time you get to the end of that Of number. course, I bet they don't have a lot of um, misdials on that. I bet they don't either. Like if you dial that, it's <laughs> intentional. That's right. I thought you were going to go to the lost numbers there for a second. Sorry. Close. Wow. Hey, welcome back, Nick. Hey, man. It's, it's good, good to have it's you. It's good to be back. Did you enjoy your retreat last weekend? It, it was It was very good. Did you a get lot saved? Of good Again? I either was or I wasn't, David. We are you keep telling me. So. Hey, upcoming episode, uh, Can You Lose Your Salvation and Regain It? Oh, boy. That'll go right along with the beer discussion. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> I guess it could go I left you speechless. You did. I get a you point did. for that because to leave David McConnell I haven't been here in two weeks, so I'm going to give deal. you two because that was impressive. Thank you very much. And I he didn't start lack the game with a two-point lead. To reach us. To reach us, Nick. It says Chase. Oh, yeah. That's I, my I, job. I changed it from last that, – that's from last week when you weren't here. Hey, look. I'm following the show order, David, as you have always instructed. Chase, please tell us how to get in touch with us. Wait. Okay. This is the part where Emmanuel is fast-forwarding. Nice. Okay. I'll, I'll do it fast. No, that, he's probably been fast-forwarding. We have a Twitter, and that's kind of uh, that's kind of our, one of our big deal ways <laughs> Wait, to interact now it's my with job. everybody. I love what? technology. Oh. At my gospel friends. At my gospel friends. And uh, Facebook.com slash group slash Hall of Dogma, which, uh, again, I have to apologize. I haven't been on there enough lately, but I follow the discussions, and they're fantastic. Chase can't find the Hall of Dogma with a map, a flashlight, and <laughs> a audio guide. And a GPS. And a GPS. Yep. And Nick, what I, about I, an iPhone 6? I could find it with that. Oh, by the way. And you will soon. Guess who listens to the podcast? <laughs> Your wife, My according wife, to the conversation I overheard. Who angrily texted me last week uh, and saying, you got an iPhone 6 Plus? Yeah, did so. she? Did, so did, here's, you, did you say last week that she never listens or that she's behind? I said behind? I have at least a month. Because you thought she was behind. I had three days. So here's the inside mm. baseball that I probably shouldn't know, but I happen to. Oh, um, great. Love you, buddy. So I happened to see Janet right as she had heard um, the episode. Oh. And apparently she tried to contact her husband. I heard the this. Phone. During the Alabama football During game. During the Alabama football game. And Chase. Whoa, 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 whoa. Alert. 
for all of you non-SEC fans. Okay, well, that was it. We were okay. talking SEC. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll be quick. Crazy well, SET. A SEC football talk. game from a local team that is based in our home state. And um, I believe, Chase, you may have not gone with the best choice of responses. Look, I was I heard fine. your response I was, was hurry. I can't talk now. <laughs> it, the Bama game is on. I did not say that. <laughs> I just was brief. Because at my friend's house where I was watching the game, you have to sit in, a, sit in a certain place to be able to get signal. And the game was on, and it was a close game at the time. It was not the time to discuss iPhone. By, I, I just was a I, bit terse, <clears throat> not unkind. I've heard about this house. So I think he's like on the first level of nine or something like that. Wow. It's a nice house. Wow. That's awesome. All right. Uh, anyway, Hall of Dogma and then uh, – We've got a couple of ways you can leave us voice correspondence. We've got a Google Voice set up at 205-575-9735. Or if you're an international liver – liver. If you're an international liver. If you done liver over there. The- <laughs> wow. You have uh, red verbiage disease. Dude, I was in the Maybe it's going to be you tonight, not me. Great. International right. livers. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully five or ten minutes I'll get back in the groove here. Transplant um, patients everywhere have been offended. <laughs> All right, that's the first on our list for tonight. From the conference that our uh, the general was at this weekend, I found some unique ways to raise money, by the way, and so I got to inquire him about that later. International livers, I love that. Thank you all for putting that in the show notes. Speakpipe.com slash the gospel friends. Wow, we are um, we're off the rails. Deep already. Already. What's on tap for tonight, guys? Well, Chase? I'm going to talk about Rob Bell's new excellent book on marriage that seems very solid. Bible-based and just chock-full of wisdom. I know Chase was joking about the beer earlier. Do you think he hit the sauce before? Either that or we're in a parallel universe. Okay. That was my poker face sarcasm there, just in case Excellent. you didn't pick it up. I'm, I'm going to hit you sometime here. David? Well, we're going to talk about a very non-controversial <laughs> topic tonight. Should oh, parents Lord. spank their children? Is <laughs> <laughs> That just well, came out of nowhere. Well... We don't have enough sound effects on this show. No one can accuse us of playing tight tonight. We're obviously loose and ready That's to go, right. so there's no telling what's about to happen. And our, our spanking discussion will be much more appropriate than, than that will. We just kind of, you know, let it all out at the beginning wow. of the show. okay. And then tighten it up. Anyway, we're going to uh, we're going to talk about whether or not uh, parents should spank their children and whether or not that's biblical and Christian and all that kind of good stuff. So, and we're going to... Apparently have sound effects to go along with it. Yay. Nick, what are you going to talk about? I'm going to talk about the oppression of corporate America that was forced upon us all last week. That, that yeah. sounds kind of serious and heavy. Yeah. Down we'll with corporate wait. America and wait, absolutely. oppressive behavior. Oh, I know what he's. T- I know where he's going with that. That was a good. <laughs> that was a good line. Okay, it's a good teaser. I'm trying to be more like Chase in my old age. Well, guys, to open up tonight, and this is probably dangerous considering the mood that it appears oh, wait, we're all in. Before we get there, have you guys heard about the new movie coming out? It's called the new movie. Chase. Well, the, the, it's called Constipated. <laughs> have you heard of it? Wow. It's what? not out yet. <laughs> Did you just do that? Go ahead, David. I'm did sorry. You, did you just do that? I didn't. Wow. Okay, I'm just trying to get all of the the un, the, the senseless things out before we get to serious Did you topics. get that from an 11-year-old boy <laughs> joke book? Yes. I'm going to warn that's you. That's my favorite joke book. There's the way, a chance that, that does get edited out. <laughs> Come on. That's a great one. You're like a comedy goalie. It'll be a while before you're So sure. are we doing bad jokes right now? Yes. Knock, knock. Who's oh, there? No. Impatient cow. Oh, gosh, I stepped right into it, didn't I? 
Yeah, sorry. Okay. I probably just busted people's eardrums. Let's get back on task for our international livers and <laughs> our local livers, too. Look, if you're a first-time listener, you're a last-time listener at this point. <laughs> Here we go. Um, Please this stick is around. Like, this 10 more minutes, it'll be worth yeah, your while. This, we get serious at some point. At some well, point. We've, we've still got the opening in the game, so give us 20 minutes. Jump wow. ahead 20 minutes and you'll yes. be. I'm scared of this first topic considering... <laughs> How uh, the mood that we're apparently in tonight, but uh, this is coming from the Hall of Dogma, that place that Chase can't find, uh, from uh, Mr. Brad Melton. He suggested this article as a discussion topic on the show. I'm just going to read you guys the headline and first few lines from the um, nwahomepage.com. I believe that's Northwest. NWA. What? NwaHomepage.com. NWA. That was a music group when I was a kid. I thought you was going to go to National Wrestling Alliance. I see. I was going to wrestle. Oh, no. Uh-uh. Yeah. From Saginaw, Michigan is the uh, location of this. Funeral home offers drive through visitation. <laughs> so um, most I'm people these days just... lead very busy lives. I think we can all relate to that. Sure. That's sure. one reason owners of a local funeral home decided to make saying your final goodbyes a little more convenient. The funeral home now has a drive through window. Um, Chase, go ahead. Well, uh, well, let, let me uh, – a question springs to mind because I, I just would, would like to confess I haven't fully read the article yet. <laughs> this is going to go bad What, real quick. What sort of thing do you do at a dry – what What do you – okay, I'm, I'm used to a, like a McDonald's or drive whatever. Through. drive through window, Taco Bell. What? Well, apparently according to this – How does that this, apply here? All right, so uh, the funeral industry – I'm just going to sit back and watch. The yes. owner says the funeral industry is changing rapidly, so my intent was to bring something here that was accessible to the community. As cars pull up to, to the drive through curtains move back after a sensor in the ground detects a vehicle's weight. Uh, the drive through offers protection from inclement weather. And provides convenience and accessibility for our customers for the times and days they don't want to get out of their vehicle. So okay, okay, all right. So um, I understand there's the the viewing window. Yep. So where do you place your order? <laughs> I don't. So I don't, what, what do you order? I, I don't think you order anything. Probably guys. the person you want to view. So no, you're not. Or, I don't, well, well no. <laughs> okay. It's a, it's a drive-through funeral home. So I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, I just pictured. Like they're on a conveyor belt, and you pick which one, and it rotates I'm, I'm around. Picturing, no, no, I'm it rotates um, around. One of the big rotation things. So, like you see in a movie of um, other countries where they have the car yeah. kind of parking decks, where you press no. your car and the things. No, 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 no. It should, surely, surely not. Okay, that. so well, but I mean, how, what what else would you do? Because surely it has to be scheduled times. It must be. It must be because it actually because says when you enter the drive-through, you'll drop a memorial into the memorial box. A what? A memorial. A what, memorial. What's that? A memorial, like a where you write your last. Oh, okay, okay. I'm drop, drop it into the memorial box. Sign the register book. I say I don't normally bring things to a viewing. You drive the. See, yeah, that's a me. Sign the Flowers, register book. Okay. The register book, and then you drive forward, and you'll be able to sit in the privacy of your vehicle for three minutes before the curtains close. Here, here's a question. This is stunning to me. Here's this a, is a thing. Look, we've all. If we're going to lose listeners, let's lose big. I'm oh boy! Sorry. Ever since I've read this, what I've been picturing is. Uh, but here's here's my fault. If you're if you pull up to the drive-through window, which I'm looking at on, and it'll be in the show notes. You can actually see the picture, which actually, by the way, looks like a good inverted bank uh, teller line. Uh-oh. 
But how are you going to see them? Because if they're laying down, yeah, and you're oh oh David. So what I've been picturing ever since I read this it article does look like a converted bank. What I've been oh reading, my. picturing is a weekend at Bernie's. Yeah. Oh, David McConnell. Like a propped up in a rocking chair or something. I wonder. I, I, I wonder if he can say. pay I, extra. I be sensitive and and pastoral and oh, I'll move on past that. Here. I wonder if you can. I wonder if as a loved one you can request them to stage a scene. So like, oh you, my gosh. <laughs> hey, we can have you preaching. We can have Chase. I will say hey. this thing. We can have Chase sitting at his friend's house watching Alabama game, ignoring his wife. Hey. We, can we can have Samuel. Of, did you catch that ignoring your wife? Oh, hey. Brad <laughs> Melton. Brad but Melton. I, you are responsible for finding us new listeners for all the ones that we lose. Yeah, Brad. This this is probably your fault. This I is mean, all. Surely you oh. knew we would handle this so Real poorly. Quick. So how would we stage the other members of the Gospel Friends? How would y'all stage Kevin? Uh, can we do this? Well, I would, this is morbid. I would stage Chase uh, kicking a chair with an Alabama <laughs> game playing in the background. Well, I think you would stage me celebrating a victory in the 2014 Iron Bowl because that would be a lot better and happier. That's this year. Okay. Oh, that, okay. I was yeah. thinking that was last year. No. Okay. This All right. Is, what about uh, Samuel? How would we? Um, Sam? Uh, you know, white robe. Lecturing Halo. somebody, maybe. <laughs> wow. <Halo>. Wow. <laughs> I kid. I He's got to be barefoot. Definitely barefoot, because when he leads worship, he leads yep. worship barefoot so that everybody gets that joke. What about the general? And he does it for a really you know, good and godly purpose. This will be funnier later, but Emmanuel will be slapping a TBN host. Yes, he would. This would be funny with the thunderous show. authority. Uh, Emmanuel would have had good input on this tonight because he's got some he's got some thoughts about uh, funeral home um, funeral home visitation. I, I will say this. All right, there is something a bit, and this is this is where I'm gonna. Are we gonna try to redeem it now? Yeah, let's let's okay. let's let's spend a minute redeeming, guys. Let's okay. redeem, Lord. We need it. Let's redeem. Um, you know, Emmanuel talks about how we don't do funerals um like the bible describe you know in other words that that if we if we really focus on what the bible describes as the the um death of a believer mm-hmm. as a celebration that we don't really funerals we don't do them in that mm-hmm. that very solemn and uh we actually have a friend of ours uh who's a hall of dogma uh church member and a listener of the podcast every week who actually has told me that when it's his time, he wants us to have like a a uh, buffet line of barbecue. That's funny. Nice. As we walk up to the to the uh, casket. That's good fun. Is he a fellow Alabama fan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which well, is a little as we walk up <clears throat> to the casket. Yeah. Yeah. He nah. actually just wants to stand around and eat barbecue while we. No. Well, but see, that's the thing. Even it. even well, for the non-believer, I know a lot of people that they want their loved ones passing to be a celebration of their life. Quote I'm unquote. I'm down with that. You know, and so. This this takes out that whole communal, hey, let's come together, tell good stories aspect of a funeral to me. Like, yeah, I don't know. Well, look, it, it's very. I mean, I don't. We, I we're making, you know, I don't this understand the, it. I don't understand the funeral part. But, but still, deal. I don't understand it. I, I All the viewings I've ever been to, you have people that come together because of this person that meant something to them, and usually you're able to reminisce, reconnect, exactly, yeah, da, 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 da. and this just. I'm down with that. Look, look, by the way, we're having a lot of fun with this because it's just, to me, it's utterly ridiculous. Like, it's just, it's so over the top. It doesn't make, 
I am the first to raise my hand and tell you guys, I don't like, I don't like funerals. Don't, I don't know anybody that does, but like I, I avoid them if yeah. I can. I mean, I don't, I don't want to go to them and I get in a lot of trouble with some of my, like even at my age now, my mom who is very old school. Is she a and podcast tra- listener? No, she's not. Okay. So it's okay. It's traditional. And you know, you go to funerals and, and you know, I, I just, Look, I avoid them, and I understand paying your respects, but you know, I, I just, I, I, I'm not a fan, and well, uh, I don't know anybody that is. But, no, uh, no, nobody is. I will say this: there, all of us have been deeply affected and broken by deaths of friends and family members, and so um, it is appropriate to say First Thessalonians four thirteen here. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, says Paul, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. We grieve. Christians grieve. It's right and good and proper to grieve, but but not as those who have no hope. That's good. And and where I was going with that was I avoid funeral homes. I'm not a big fan of them. I don't like funerals, those kind of things. But the point of going is like Chase is – excuse me, like Nick is saying, it is – to pay respects, it is the it's the you know to to honor that person or at least you know honor their family, and um, and to maybe bring encouragement to family members who have lost a loved one. So the, to me, the whole idea of I, th- I think Herschel um, is it Christ or Christ? I forgot Christ. Christ. Herschel Christ mentioned that hey, this is perfect for our soundbite culture, and I, mm. I think actually that was kind mm. of a good, good you know it, it's because it the whole. What they're saying is, oh, look, you can come, but just come real quick, you know, do the visitation and leave. And to me, like, if you're going to go, go and show your respects and not um, – and encourage each other and not, not – this is just this is well, just ridiculous. Well, look, just to be straight up, you don't go for the body. You go for – if you're going to have a visitation, you don't go for the body. The, bo- the, the person's not in the you body You don't anymore. go for the person who's dead. Exactly. You don't because they're not there anymore. They're you not there You go for anymore. the people that are there. Yeah, so exactly. this is this is essentially pointless. But it's a great story. So hats off to you, Brad, from uh, – mm-hmm. well, originally from Missouri but currently living in Arkansas. Hey, good job on that. Dude. Thank you. I didn't we, – We're going to start giving shout-outs to people where they live because we're going to eventually have this cool map where we pin down everybody we hear from and – that's nice. uh, do yeah. we uh, do we take the uh, pins off when we lose listeners? Maybe, and that's going to happen quite frequently with these sorts of stories <laughs> and knowing our personalities. That's happy. All right, let's get to. Uh, we have a game for tonight for those of you who are um, who get into the the trivia and different games. That Is we it do. offensive? I, I don't think so. Good. That's can that's we do safe. it? Sure. No, I, you know, if we were just going for all offensive, don't forget tonight. we can't I have, be I have all offensive. Game. Uh, I don't think we're going to need it tonight, Nick. Uh, sure. Having heard of your backup game in the pre-show, we're going to we're going to lay we're going to file that one in the uh, in the folder with the dog story. Um, oh my gosh! Chase I have has. an update on the dog story. Do you really? I yes. saw your update on Facebook. Yes. Maple the dog has just given birth to seven puppies. Chase, that is letting us in on too much of the dog story. That gives you an idea about part of the dog story. <laughs> and now the listeners understand why we didn't tell it. Well, it's still an interesting story. Chase, okay, listen. Here we go. A few weeks ago. Can I just no. go ahead and say, whenever Nick is saying don't tell the story, it's probably We've good. covered that. It's Here's a, the game tonight, great, guys. great story. We're going to call the, This is called the Genius Quiz. Oh, Some of you scary. enjoy the games because you enjoy playing along, so hopefully you will enjoy this one tonight. Genius Quiz, we have uh, – uh, this is going to be a little bit different tonight, guys. It's going to – you're each going to get a, a score uh, based on yeah. um, how many of these you get right and then um, – I'll tell you, uh, based on your scoring, what kind of person you are, okay? Um, are you a genius or 
I'm intimidated. Are you really slow or something like that? So here we go. <clears throat> Number one, uh, Chase. Oh, gosh. Do they have a 4th of July in England? Yes, they do have a 4th of July in England. They just don't celebrate it quite the way we do. Good for you. That is one point. Keep up with your score, one point. That's seven for me. Nick, how many birthdays does the average man have? <coughs> how many birthdays does See, the way you said have? that, he has one date of birth. Birthdays would be the amount of... Three, two, one. We need an answer. I'm going to say 72 because I can't remember what the average lifespan is. Yeah, yeah but you, you were closer the first time. It's The average man has one birthday. He has one like, date of birth. Yeah, has one birthday a year. He has one birthday. My birthday is July 1st. I have one birthday. You said how many birthdays? Plural. Wow, this game Chase. is controversial just like the no, last yeah, one. Yeah, see, I'm going to call Fowler. Chase? Yes? I'm going to call Fowler. I think Chase sees where okay, we're going. I'm up 49 to Well, nothing. I saw where you were going, but that's... I think mm-hmm. Chase sees where we're going, so I'm not sure if... Uh, <laughs> If, if Nick has called on yet, although he is giving me um, the stink eye right now. Chase, <laughs> some months have 31 days. How many have 28? How many months have 28 days? 28 days. Um, I would say 12. That's correct. Every month has 28 days. That's tricky. That's two for That's you. That's tricky. Nick. How many outs are there in an inning? Nick, you're going to have to get over that first one, buddy. Oh, he <laughs> no, looks this, angry, this, folks. This, this, <laughs> I think I think we may have awakened Nuke. How many well, outs? Not at all. How many six. outs are in an six? Is correct. Good nice. job. Good I, job. One point for Nick. Oh, I actually have a question that'll make this game a little fairer. This is to you, Nick. Uh, <laughs> what famous pastor said this quote? There's two keys to church: honor God and take up the offering. David McConnell. You got it. Good job. Okay, that's one point for Nick. <laughs> that is not what that is that is taking me way out of context. No, no, I think that's the accurate context, isn't it's, it? It's two to one. I'm Chase, sorry, I didn't mean to hijack the game. Chase, is it legal for a man in California to marry his widow's sister? Is it legal what the cr- for a man in California to marry his widow's sister? Marry his widow's sister. Sister, well, that's a that's a that's a fine question. Um, no, because dead men aren't allowed to marry. <laughs> Good job, Chase. That is correct. He is dead, and so it's not legal for him to marry his widow's sister. Three. For By the you. way, is that a specific law in the books? Because that's, I mean, what sort of thing happened in California to make the legislators say we have got to outlaw all of these dead people marrying? It's possible that we're overthinking this. Possibly. Nick, okay. if there are three apples and you take two away, how many do you have? Hmm. I hate these questions. It's <laughs> puzzling. <laughs> three, two, two. Two is correct. Why? I'm not talking to you. <laughs> That's a good answer. Because you took two away, so you have two. And you have two points. Chase has three. A uh, few more of these. Chase, if a doctor gives you three pills telling you to take one every half hour, how many minutes will the pills last? Um, say that again? If a doctor gives you three pills telling okay. you to take one every half hour, how many minutes will the pills last? 
Um, last in what sort of sense? Existentially? I mean, See? It'll take a while to digest them. I've got to uh, call Tom on you ask you to give me an answer. Um, let's see. We can't argue with the, with the genius quiz. I'm not technically arguing with the quiz. I'm arguing minutes. with the quiz giver. Uh, the correct answer is 60. So I think the assumption is you take one right away, take one another oh, half see. hour, yes, then you okay. take another one another half hour. So you've taken see? three and then 60 minutes. So things that you eat cease to exist once they go inside of you. I don't believe that. Nick, you can you can actually, actually, tie, it up, you can yeah. actually tie it out uh, tie it up with this one. Oh, I'll miss it. Don't um, give you a little Bible one here. How many animals of each sex did Moses take on the ark? Can you say that word, by the way? On this uh, show? Animals or sex? The sex word. I just did. Okay. I love how awkward it is whenever Chase uses the S word. Three. How many animals sex. of each? Six. Sex. Six. Moses take on the ark. <laughs> We're going to have to. I am going to have to edit this part out. How many animals Three. of each sex? Dude. He took one of each sex. He did. Except Moses didn't take oh, the animals dang it. on the ark. See, that that's was, why I hate these. That was Noah. Did you get that one, Chase? I, I didn't, but uh, I was worried about being awkward. Sorry. Uh, all right, uh, Chase. A farmer has seventeen sheep, and all but nine die. How many are left? Nine. Nine is correct. I think you've actually you've got four. Is that correct? Yeah, that is four. Yes. Um, uh, Nick, four to two. We'll, we'll give you a chance here to get you at least a score of three. Not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> a clerk in the butcher shop is five feet ten inches tall. What does he weigh? <laughs> Your mom. <laughs> that is incorrect. He does not weigh my mom. <laughs> Chase, what did he weigh? A, that was a good guess. He weighs meat. He weighs meat. That is correct. <laughs> so, um, Chase, on my scale, what did you get? 17. No, how many did you have? You had three? I had four. Four. Uh, so, on the, on my scale, you were in the normal range. Okay. You were oh, in the normal range. Sad day. Uh, Nick, you had um, three? Um your that bit. number that he's holding up there, David. Oh, that's two. It's a two. <laughs> it's two. Yeah. So what sorry, what, what score two, did you get on your two fingers? Well, I'm sorry. Two. When I thought you had three, you were a bit slow, but you have actually moved down to really slow. Oh, geez. Sorry, Dick. I have a feeling that uh, as we move into the serious part of the show now, that uh, O-Rev verbiage might uh, meet a violent end in the parking lot. Thanks to new. I wouldn't be surprised. No, those, Chase, can I, I walk out with you? I do better with those I questions. I'm going to help them. you. <laughs> You're an Auburn fan, remember. I hope Enough you at home scored well on the uh, on the Genius Quiz. So Indeed. Now, we, we have talked a lot, if you're a first-time listener, about how we violently move from <laughs> funny to serious, like yep. head-snapping, uh, whiplash-type movements, and, um, and that's just who we are. That's that's. That, that's uh, that's our personality, and in real life, that's how we do things, so that's how we do things. Put on, on a neck brace, and let's go for a run. This show. That's a good slogan. Last week. <laughs> last, that is a good that's slogan. That's going to be the tagline for that this show. That should be the tagline yeah. for this show. Uh, last week, we, we delved into a couple serious topics, including one that we heard the most feedback on Twitter was, um, should a pastor marry cohabitating couples? Or cohabiting. Or cohabiting. Which, or shacking. Quite is quite simply the the better one. The, I the think. better yeah. the the better word. Um, and uh, you can actually read a book uh, on that subject called The Shack. 
Yes, that's oh dear. So, that is, I disagree with oh the, the conclusions of the author, but it is a, a thorough treatment of the issues. So, uh, but this week we're going to get into some serious subjects. We've got a couple coming up. Uh, Tony Staley at Tony Staley asked us to elaborate on the B Dubs discussion in a future podcast. I actually had favorite to, rapper. I actually had to look up what B Dubs was, but uh, B Dubs is uh, uh, short for Buffalo Wild Wings. Uh, oh. Which last week on the show we I mentioned wanting to go somewhere after the show and grab a bite to eat, and someone suggested a beer at Buffalo Wild Wings, and so I think you made the comment we need to have that discussion we one do. day on the show. Should Christians drink? Should Christians drink? Now, uh, since we haven't done that part yet, I played it safe and just went to Waffle House last week and had a coffee. That's that's good. But uh, we, we have are, to decide this before we do anything. <laughs> we are planning next week, I believe, Lord willing. To have the discussion about whether or not Christians should drink. So, um, well, there's less difficulty here for Nick, but David, you and I, on the one hand, are largely reformed, which means drinking. On the other hand, we serve in a Baptist church, which means no drinking. So it's like a tale of two cities. <laughs> that is actually um, that is factual. In yes, most, you also um, ask the question: Should a Christian drink versus can a Christian drink? That's two different questions. That isn't is two it, different Nick? questions. Very and all of a sudden, the for topic, a really slow person. All of a sudden, the topic has uh, topic has gotten I'm just more here to complicated. Edit the podcast. And if we do drink Which a lot, will it hurt our international livers? <laughs> I hear that international livers struggle very much. See, with you drinking. were fine because the game was the game. Now, <laughs> now it's home. you're going to limp home. I don't think we've quite gotten to the head snapping turn to seriousness no. yet, have we? So. Talking really serious for a moment, uh, we have uh, foreshadowed this a couple of times, but we are getting ready to to uh, discuss um, abuse in the church in terms mm-hmm. of uh, um, stories that we're seeing today. Um, what was the hashtag that had become uh, kind of popular a couple uh, a month or two back, Chase? Um, oh, geez, that I don't you don't remember that. Anyway, there was uh, it was it was people on Twitter. And um, various social media sharing their stories of abuse. How um, old, hashtag how old were you? How old mm. were you? And uh, so we, we've been talking um, uh, about um, actually diving into that as far as the show, uh, the show itself goes. Uh, I actually have an answer to that hashtag. And so uh, that's – As do others on the show. And so that is a, a serious uh, discussion, and it is one that we, we want to undertake with uh, – a great deal of um, understanding that uh, that topic has touched a lot of people. So yeah. those uh, issues coming up in upcoming episodes, if you have comments or if you have interaction with us, um, information to give, please tweet or email or call any of the various uh, contact. Yeah, for, for obvious reasons, um, you may want to shoot us an email. That is at uh, gospelfriends at gmail.com. So. And the only people that will read that is one three of, of us. the three of us. Yep, that's right. All right, Chase, as the uh, genius of the show for tonight. Thought I just got average. Well, but, okay, you, yes, you're right, but you were smarter. Comparatively speaking. You were yeah, smarter, yeah, yeah. compared to me. <laughs> You You're the one who didn't know what the number two was, so let's not forget that. I definitely know what number two is. Yes, you do. All right, so see episode – what was that? All of them. No. It's Star Wars. Yes, Star Wars. Chase, here we go. David, we still haven't made that, that, that transition, but it's coming. 
Well, I don't oh, know. Look, if no, it's... we we merge and we are merging back. <laughs> we're now. swerving. We're, back we're and swerving. Forth. Right yeah. now. We're like Fast and the Furious, Tokyo well, Drift. What we're going to do, gentlemen, is we're going to play, play an abbreviated version of uh, Big Deal or Little Deal. Uh, that is the game on the show where I give you a topic and you guys decide whether this is important or not at all important. And uh, uh, we'll do it really quick because the main topic for the show, we want to leave plenty of room for that uh, in regards to um, disciplines, banking, etc. So this is the first one I'm going to give you. Do any of you gentlemen know what the word Zimzum means? Um, Zimzum? Is Zim-zum? that a, Isn't that kind of food? I ate some of that no, in Hong Kong. Zimzum is a food. Oh, thank you. Never mind. I don't. Yeah. Okay, good. Too. Well, I didn't either, but uh, I've studied you know, it a little bit since then. I'm slow. And the reason I ask you is because next month sees the uh, release of Rob Bell's new book on marriage. And this story is courtesy of uh, DennyBurke.com. Um, the new book to be released is by Rob and his wife, Kristen Bell. The title of the book is the – Z- Veronica Mars? No, but it's – it uh, that is her name, isn't it? But I don't think it's for the Veronica Mars, Kristen Bell. Um, the Zimzum of Love: A New Way of Understanding Marriage Please by Rob me. Bell. And I get Kristen scared Bell. whenever I hear the Rob words Bell? "a new way," well, yeah, <laughs> or "a new way of thinking about blank" by Rob Bell. So, because I think we've been doing this for a while now. Well, I, guys, heaven, I'm, hell. Salvation, redemption. The work is apparently being touted as the, uh, as Denny Burke says, as the egalitarian alternative to uh, Mark and Grace Driscoll's real marriage. Wow. Um, wow. But wow. Zimzum. Hey, real quick before you go any further, I'm sure. sorry, but uh, considering we got contacted on Twitter this week by someone who asked that we start a uh, Gospel Friends dictionary to explain big words, maybe you should do a quick 20 second explanation of egalitarian. You know what? That's that's a great thought. This You're is welcome. for you, Super Dad, and everybody else. Um, to the non biblical version of marriage? Nuclear. What? At Nuclear Nick. <laughs> Two versions of of kind of the viewpoint I keyed, I keyed. of how men and women relate in the church, how gender works, particularly in marriage. There's the complementarian viewpoint, which would essentially say that men and women have equal value, equal worth, but different roles. In other words, the role of the man is to lead in a in Ephesians five servant hearted. Um, loving sort of way, the role of the woman is uh, is to follow and and also to uh, you know do other things. But the, it's the these, home, nurture children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, so so it's it's different oh, roles. Proverbs thirty one, but the same values. And of course, that, again, that they comes from Ephesians five. Com- other, yes, John Piper would be a, a heavy promoter of this view. Mark Driscoll. Um, many evangelical pastors, uh, Wayne Grudem. Everybody uh, on the podcast. Indeed. Uh, the egalitarian view is essentially that there is no uh, substantial difference in the roles or value of men and women, but that marriage is an equal uh, opportunity um, affair. And that no roles in the church are unique to men or women. That is correct. And now, no th- roles are unique. <clears throat> I do think it's important to point out that the egalitarian or the complementarian view, um, th- these this is not related to – Men and women at whole in a society, and it's not really speaking into jobs and and Precisely. public life. This yes. is discussing roles. In the what the Bible, what the Bible covers, which is 
church and family. That's that's that is correct. That is correct. And and you find government leaders who are female in the Bible. Uh, you find uh, well, you find church leaders who are female in the Bible, but not say ultimately uh, pastors, apostles, etc. So I'm sure we're going to hear a lot on that. We probably have a deeper discussion at some point. The issue I have with the new book is not that it's egalitarian so much, but that Zimzum is a word and a doctrine that comes from Kabbalah. Kabbalah, if you don't know, is Jewish mysticism, but much less Jewish, much more mysticism. Very, very New Age kind of oriented. And uh, the publisher describes this work in, in this way. In marriage, Zimzum is the dynamic energy field between two partners in which each person contracts to allow the other to flourish. Mastering this field... Uh, this gives this give and take of energy is the secret to what makes marriage flourish. And Rob Bell and his wife will be touring with Oprah Winfrey this fall to promote the book. And that's not a joke. That's true. And so I ask you guys, is this well, a big deal or a little deal or no deal? Oh, me first? Great. Um, I want to say it's it's not a big deal. Because I want to say that, I, you know, and, and I've, I've talked with multiple people about love wins, and I just. Love wins. What, what is this? It's I mean, previous, we know what it is. But. It's, it's Rob Bell's, um, as far as I know, his the most recent book before this. Um, in the, in, in, in the book that caused a thousand people to leave his church in Marshall Bible. When I hear, hmm. yeah, wow. when, when I hear him talk. I want to go, yeah, man, I, I, I like what you're saying because I like what he's saying. And then I open the Bible and I go, but. And, and it, you know, and it's one of those things where you take truth plus what feels good. And it, and it just scares mm. the, the tar out of me. When you're talking about, I can't remember your, remember your exact verbiage, but when you're talking about a place in marriage where the two people can come together and and most effectively complement each other and and work work together. Yes and amen to that. That sounds great. But the way he's he's articulating is just not the Bible's way of articulating it. even from the Christian egalitarians I've heard. It's he's going too far and when you and I'm sure he, you know, he's going to say this word while used by Kabbalah is it's it's a Hebrew word. It, it's representative of concepts that are in the old the Christian Old Testament. I'm sure he's going to tie it back to that. But you know, I will say one of the one of the red flags that goes up for me is is Oprah. And and whenever whenever you're using Oprah to cross promote your book, and as um, oh goodness, what's the word when it's all religions at once? Um, Universal, ecumenical, as as she not just portrays. I mean, she almost flaunts. No, she is. You can find many videos. Scares me. You can find many videos of of her where she is. Uh, so I can't say that because this is. Here's the thing: for people on her show, he's going to be the the standard of what Christians believe about marriage, and and it's. I don't believe it's representative of the majority, and I. Definitely don't think I'm going to believe it's representative of the Bible. So to me, it's a big deal. Okay. Yeah, you know, part of me, my, my first reaction was to say is this is a little deal because I think by now we've kind of gotten to know a little bit about where Rob Bell is, and um, I'm, I'm very 
afraid of the where he's going, like the path. I don't mean that in terms of eternity at this point, but I mean just like I feel like the path that he's on, he's going deeper and deeper away from traditional understanding of Christianity and the Bible. But I probably need to say it's a big deal because I think anytime someone with this amount or level of um, influence and uh, visibility gets – you know, is able to to get that airtime to go out and, and plug a message that I believe is is anti scriptural, anti Christian, um, especially under the heading of Christianity. I think that's a big deal. I think it's very dangerous. I actually think Nick maybe his last book was what we talk about when we talk about God. Um, oh, my bad. Okay. And let me just read you a quick description of that. What we talk about when we talk about God um, is an instant classic. Rob offers us a new way to talk about God. He does hear for God what he did for heaven and hell and love wins. Mm. Uh, by the way, this is off robbell.com. He shows how traditional ideas have grown stale and dysfunctional and reveals a new path for how to return to vitality and vibrancy to how we understand God. He reveals how we got stuck, why culture resists certain ways of talking about God, and how we can reconnect with God who is with us. Now, I think that puts us, and we see where Rob Bell is, I would say, as I believe many uh, pastors, traditional um, uh, Christians who hold to the Bible would say, we don't need a new way to talk about God. We don't need new ideas uh, to connect to him. We need the gospel. We need his word that he has given us. As Tozer put, it is not up to us to create God in our image. We find out who God is as he is, and we worship him. And and Bell comes along, one of a great communicator, maybe one of the best communicators of the day, who has had a mainstream Christian church and a mainstream Christian following, and all of a sudden he starts saying the traditional ideas are stale and dysfunctional, and we need new ways. We need new thoughts. And so he starts writing about God in new ways, hell in new ways, and now marriage in new new ways. And and I think that's a big deal because of the visibility that he's going to get. Um I'm very careful using the heretic label. I probably at this point I don't know that I would say that about him just because I, I just think we throw that around too much. Hmm. But it probably comes pretty close for me um, in, in getting ready to say that that's that's the path he's on if he's not already there. Yeah, yeah, good deal. I think, guys, that this is going to be a big deal. I think it's going to be a big deal because Bell is going to be touring with Oprah Winfrey. I suspect that his book will be put out through her book club. Therefore, it will be a significant bestseller. Mm-hmm. It will. This is predictive. I'm not prophesying. I'm being predictive. I predict that this will be touted in America as the Christian book on mm-hmm. marriage. And just based on look i'm riffing a little more on the kabbalah influence than i am on the egalitarian complementarian divide but just based on just the publisher's description of the book this sounds like it's going to be chock full of of heresy yeah kabbalah is not not only is kabbalah not judaism <laughs> the kabbalah is not even i mean not, not only is kabbalah not christianity it's not even judaism it's 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 really um deeply unbiblical New Age type stuff. And so that concerns me. Again, it's going to be touted as the the de facto Christian book on marriage. And um, we don't have time to go into the whole issue of complementarianism right now. I I will say something briefly, though, just to not open up a can of worms and and not leave it uh, 
with nothing. There's two incredibly controversial things in my mind in Ephesians 5. The one we all know is, is Ephesians 5.22, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. That is really controversial. Mm-hmm. The one that is not mentioned very often is really controversial is Ephesians 5.25, which says, husbands love your wives Amen. as Christ loved the church and yep. gave himself up for her. So what I see there is a husband being demanded to love his wife in a selfless, sacrificial sort of way. And I see very few husbands who in the church who walk in that way. Yeah. And I see wives being called to submit. And, and that's a struggle for, for any of us to submit. But that's, that's the rhythm of marriage as the Bible teaches it. A self-sacrificing husband who leads unselfishly and loves like Jesus did, and a wife who submits to her husband as to the Lord. Now that's old-fashioned, that's not up, right, that's not up Rob Bell's alley, but that's the biblical teaching. And guys, one day I think we ought to have a discussion on the fact if you leave behind the Bible's sexual ethic, either on gender relationships or on homosexuality, are you on a slippery slope towards abandoning the other major doctrines of the Bible? And I think just based on the title of this book and who Rob Bell's going to be touring with, at least in his case, the answer might be yes. I think you can make the case. If you go back and study Rob Bell, and I've read um, some articles written by, by guys who are close to him, he towed the line on traditional Christian beliefs and biblical beliefs for quite a while. The first point of doctrine that Rob Bell, according to those who were close to him, deviated from was complementarian theology. And he moved into an egalitarian view. It was the first point of doctrine that he began to change on and sway on. And I, look, I realize right now we probably have listeners who, who maybe take more of that egalitarian view – um, I am not a person who would say that is a that view, your view of, of complementarian or egalitarian roles in relationships is a dividing line of Christianity that would make us not brothers and sisters in Christ. I, I think there are good people who love Jesus who, who have both those views. But I, I do firmly believe what the Bible, what I think the Bible teaches about that, and, yeah. and, and, and I very strongly believe that. And I will say that I think culturally the the reason we have such a problem with it is because it seems like the idea of submitting causes you to be held back, so to speak, or not be able to reach your potential. And I would counter that all Christians are called to submit. The disciples were called Ephesians to 5, follow 21. Jesus, and we are all called to submit to Christ. And submitting to Christ does not hold us back or keep us from reaching our potential. It causes us to flourish. And to the men, like you said, this is a discussion that I know we have to have on another day, but if a if a man is loving his wife the way Christ loved the church, willing to sacrifice anything to see her fulfilled, even his very life, I don't believe it is very difficult to submit to that type of love. I agree. Uh, the central tenet in my mind of complementarian theology is not wives submit. The central mm-hmm. tenet is husbands love your wives yeah. as Christ loved the church. That's first and foremost. And if husbands are using that as a way to get their wives to make them a sandwich while they sit in the recliner and drink a beer watching They've football, so I think it. you've completely missed the point of what that is mm-hmm. even about. Get off your duff, make your own sandwich. Serve your wife like Christ served the church. Yes, yep. and don't read Rob Bell. 
<laughs> Zing. Ow, there we go. Guys, I'm going to drop my second uh, big deal or little deal just because in the interest of time, we've got to get to this main topic, which I'm mm. pumped about. All right, here we go. Discipline. Discipline. I've got to take a break real sure. quick, y'all. <laughs> I'll be back. We are about to uh, wade into some choppy deep waters, perhaps. So the whole thing, uh, this started, I guess, uh, where I started seeing articles pop up was um, – in light of the uh, Adrian Peterson situation, Adrian Peterson is a, uh, a a running back for the Minnesota Vikings. Was I don't know if he'll play for them again. I Think that's still up <laughs> That'd in the be air. A big story. Uh, but uh, Adrian, this is American football. This by is the American way. football, not Australian rules or not uh, Gaelic football, no, which we've learned quite a bit about. We have, this week. and at some point we're going to talk about that yes, because I'm actually loving awesome. me some Australian rules football right and now. Gaelic football and Gaelic football. That was very cool too. I, I watched uh, those videos. Congratulations, Kerry. They won the championship. That was a team. Yes, not a person. That's right. But uh, Adrian Peterson has, uh, here in the United States, uh, a very well-known, um, probably one of the more popular American football players was um, deactivated from his team um, this week or this past week, I believe. And in light of view that he had been brought up on uh, child abuse charges in, I believe, the state of Texas, I'm not uh, – positive on that. But um, essentially, he he was uh, arrested for child abuse. He says that he was disciplining his child, um, spanking them uh, while um, the court there and the prosecutors say that it had moved into abuse. I do believe the child um, in that situation told uh, was bloodied um, on his bottom and uh, among and other, legs and in legs other places. And other places, I believe Adrian Peterson used a switch. All those details, I don't know how important they are. Um, you know, that's just part of the story that's coming up, and that is drug up this uh, topic, which is is probably always kind of underlying in parenthood. CNN posted an article, an opinion article from uh, Mel Robbins, a CNN commentator and legal analysis. Analyst, I'm sorry, and the founder of Inspire52.com, who said, I'll just read you the title of the story, Spanking Isn't Parenting, It's Child Abuse. She starts off by saying, the only person you can legally hit in the United States is a child. Hit your partner and you'll be arrested for domestic violence. Hit another adult and you'll be arrested for assault. But hit a four-year-old and you can call yourself a loving father. That is completely screwed up, says Mel Robbins. So, you know, I'm not really interested in dragging the Adrian Peterson situation, uh, uh, you know, th- throughout the uh, through the mud or, or talking all about that. Uh, we we can certainly bring it up, but I think the bigger question here, uh, guys, that that has before us as pastors and parents and ministers is: Is it abuse to spank your child? Yeah, uh, where where does it cross over into abuse? Some of those questions are the questions that come up, and is is spanking the only biblical method for uh, disciplining your kids? So I'll let you guys answer that. I'm just going to kind of sit back and listen. First, what was the first question? I don't remember. Uh, is uh, I don't know what the first what, what was the first question? Were is you spanking on the tape? I think it was is spanking abuse. No. Is what was the second abuse? question? Is spanking a biblical way to discipline your children? Yes. What was the third question? That may have been the third question. Are the, uh, the second question was when does spanking um, – That was going to be a hard thing. The third one was is spanking the only biblical, biblical way. way. Yes. No. And so, Chase, go ahead. So That's we're good. done. Let's so Nick's well done. done. No, no, I, I, look, I'm on this show, so I can obviously talk a while. But you did ask the question, when does spanking cross the line into, into abuse? abuse? Yes. That's I a good question. I can answer that quite – I think I can at least give you my answer on that. 
Um, I, I don't want to be judgmental, but some things you do kind of get to make a judgment on. Hmm. Uh, I would say in this particular case, the Adrian Peterson case, which we're not going to talk about very very much, it does cross the line into abuse in my view. Um, listen to a pod, another podcast I was listening to this week. Uh, Ryan Rossillo, uh, who is a sports commentator, said, we're not debating spanking here. This, in other words, what Adrian Peterson did, seems completely over the top. Um, I would agree are with Are you that. saying that because the, the child bled, or are you saying that because – A variety of things. To According to the, the police violent? reports – have you seen the pictures, by the way? I have not seen the pictures. Are they it, out there? You can Google them. Um, Probably don't want to see it. Well, I mean, it's look, it, it's – it's a picture of his legs and back, and uh, it's he's not he's not naked, but you can see the, the legs and back and such, uh, multiple stripes, uh, some bleeding. Not uh, you know, it, it's not anything particularly uh, gruesome or gory, but it's it's significant, and uh, I think what Peterson did there probably went beyond spanking. And was um, into abuse. Into, well, that's a strong word, but I think I'm going to say this. I will, I will say this, guys. I, growing up, I was spanked a lot. I was not uh, a good behaving kid. I've been spanked by uh, hands, sticks, switches, green switches, dead switches, you know, metal things, paddles, antennas, belts. One time I was spanked. Antennas? Yes, you know, like an antenna that breaks off a car. Yep. One time I was spanked by a... Um, a piece of uh, you know how trucks shed their tires on yeah. the side of the road. I was spanked by one of those one time on a trip when I was misbehaving. Doesn't seem to have helped much. Uh, no, not wow. yet. Uh, wow. Based Dave, on the earlier Dave, show, there's there's Dave, probably some truth to that. I have been spanked with ping pong paddles, wooden spoons, fly swatters, wiffle ball bats, etc., etc., etc. Never once was I spanked to the point of bleeding, even a single time. Yeah, you have to hit somebody pretty hard with a stick. Or yeah. a switch or whatever to bring blood. A switch, by the way, for those who didn't grow up in the know, South. Didn't grow up in the South because it's a pretty – I mean, I, look, I'm not commentating on is it right or wrong. I'm just simply telling you the fact in the it's South. A, it's a thin, whippy stick, basically. It, it's basically you a – you go out and get like a kind of a small branch almost, but a little bit, you know, not as thick as a – Yeah, I wouldn't even – I would I – would, Probably not as thick as a branch, but yeah, I wouldn't even like call a, it a branch. I mean, it's strong it, vine. Yes, and yes. Uh, and 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 look, Rigid I mean, vine. again, not. I'm not commenting on this right or wrong. I'm just telling you, if you grew up in the South, that's a fact. You you got beat. Pe- with people one. got <laughs> spanked with switches. As a matter of fact, I know it never happened to me, but I knew people growing up who their mom or dad, or grandma, or whoever, would tell them to go out and get the switch get for them oh, and yeah. bring it in to them. So that's I mean, that, me. And don't bring the wrong one back. Now again, I'm not saying that. Hey, that yeah, yeah. yeah, that's Sam. We <laughs> yeah, both had yeah, to yeah. do that. So you know that that's just a common that's a common thing, right or wrong, in the South. Obviously, I would say in this case, um, it was very I, wrong. I do need to step back just a second. What did you do, man? <laughs> everything. <laughs> I, did. I did everything. Yeah, really. <laughs> I was very stubborn and you willful. You were a future pastor. Come on. Hey, thanks. Thankful for God's grace here because this guy didn't have a lot of grace of his own. How about zero? I'll, I'll ask a hopefully not too too troublesome but um, maybe a potentially controversial question. But do you all – you we, we all have both daughters and sons. And so do you all ever find your, your – and I will say discipline in general being somewhat gender-specific – are you are words, you asking are you tougher with your or the kinds of, I'm sorry the kinds of discipline methods, you use yes, based on methods whether it be whether it be timeout restriction 
you know, spanking, whatever. Do you find yourself stylizing the discipline based on the child or gender? Uh, yeah, both, both. I okay. think. Yeah, I think uh, if, if there's wisdom. You don't do your, – your kids aren't all created all the same. Mm-hmm. They're not carbon copies of each other. There's such – I mean all my kids are this, born of the same woman and the same man, but it's amazing how different they are. Yeah. They look kind of similar, but my goodness, personality-wise, the way they respond to discipline, punishment, etc., wildly different, at least in my view. Some people value exact consistency. I think if you had exact consistency in the person or mm. persons, then that would be good. But in our family, you don't have that. What do you think, David? I, I think for me, I, I don't know that I can speak to the question yet because I think for me, I have found that uh, it's quite age-specific uh, is is what I'm running into. So my older kids are girls. Mm-hmm. My, my sons, so I have two sons, but they're both still seven and under. So mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I've not really kind of gotten to that where I would say um, that that maybe it's 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 different because it's beginning to be age different. Mm-hmm. Um, my oldest daughter is uh, to the age. I mean, I probably I haven't given her spanking in I don't you know I don't know two or three years for mm-hmm. that matter. And part of that is you know part of that is her age now because um, I do think look I think there comes an age with to me with girls that. That you're not doing that um, mm-hmm. that form of discipline anymore. Now, will that be the same age I would use with my son when he re- I, that That's a question I don't I, I don't know how to answer yet because he's not gotten there yet. So, um, my my first answer is it might be, um, but See, definitely age age ranges in my household uh, play a role in the type of discipline that we use. See, I find myself with my son, and he's five right now. But there are times whenever he gets outside of his mother and I's boundaries for him. And it, it may not be disrespectful. It may just be, um, God bless him, he is a bundle of energy, and he's a firecracker. And he just, when he's on, he goes full tilt. And there are times I just have to simply stop him, whether it be you know, holding him on both shoulders so he can't run at that moment when it's a time in such a way that says you, it's not gripping his shoulders and making him yeah. afraid, but it's, Son, you're not going to do that right now. Yeah, and he and, and there's that. I'm your dad. I'm. This is what we're doing. This is what we're not doing. And there's a, there's a degree of physicality to it that's not abusive in any manner. Even you know, uh, a conservative lady over there went and freak out at what I was doing. But I, I don't feel the you know, where CNN he, lady. Where, yeah, with with him, where I would maybe hold him where he's at my daughters i may i may pick up just because the relationship's different and you know sometimes i struggle with that other times it doesn't no, but, you're describing kind of what chase is talking about it's not cookie cutter it's not yeah it's but it's, i do find myself i am more prone to i i, I don't want to use the word be physical because i don't want it to draw a bad misrepresentation but i i am more prone to you know be be tougher on seth than i am the I, girls i think that Look, I will say this for for my kids. There's a degree that we there are different things that I'm stressing with them. So I, you know, one of the things that I'm stressing with my son quite often, like if for any reason, you know, we have anybody who has young kids, you know, you get into this where they they are hitting each other, where they they are <laughs> violent toward each other. You know, not a, you know just as kids do. And that conversation that I always have with my son is, we don't touch girls. 
for mm-hmm. any reason. Mm-hmm. We're not hitting girls. Mm-hmm. Even if they're hitting you first, we're not hitting them mm-hmm. back. And I'm having that specific discussion with him yep. versus maybe a discussion that I have with, you know, with the girls. And so, so there are different things that I stress in discipline Absolutely. with, with my sons. I, uh, Chase, I don't know if you have something because you picked your phone up. Maybe you're going to read. I do. I want to. I want to see if we can do this in just a moment. I want to address two groups of people and see if maybe by addressing these two groups of people, we cover everything that we want to cover on this subject. Do you have something that you wanted to read? Uh, I do want to say this. I, I do. Uh, I mean, I, I, at some point, we need to do feedback because we've heard from tons of people. We asked the question at on our Twitter page at my gospel friends, and we got a lot of feedback. Oh, go ahead and give I'll, us some of it. Yeah, I'll read some of those. I, I will throw out my position as well. Just tweeted out an article from uh, Denny Burke, uh, who is a professor at Boyce College and, and a guy I really respect a lot. He quotes Andy Nacelli, another guy I really respect a lot, the, in, who gives seven propositions about discipline from uh, Hebrews 12, which is something that uh, Marusha uh, tweeted us about. Number one, God disciplines his children. Number two, God disciplines all his children. Number three, God disciplines only his children. In other words, it's a mark of love. Number four, discipline is training. God disciplines his children for their good. Number five, discipline seems unpleasant and painful. Number six, God's children should endure God's discipline. Number seven, God's disciplining his children compares to human parents disciplining their children. Uh, I think that's a good ethic for discipline uh, that uh, Andy has gotten out of uh, Hebrews 7. Hmm. And I, I say, personally, in our household, we do believe in spanking. We cut it off at a certain time. The intent is never to harm mm-hmm. or hurt. Um, the intent is to correct, and I think it should be dov- done in a loving manner. Um, you know, the, often you hear, uh, don't ever discipline in anger. Well, Sin will cause anger to rise up in a loving father, but I don't think you ever hit in anger, even if there is anger at the the uh, thing that needs to be corrected. All right, so let's start with that. I, I know we got some feedback to read, but I actually think some of the feedback will go into the first. The first group of people that I was thinking of addressing here is um, maybe parents who were raised in a way which spanking was kind of – I'm going to use the word mindless. In other words, you find yourself when your child – um, misbehaves just angrily, um, and we can, like you've already kind of covered the anger a little bit, but we'll, we'll talk about that a little more. But angrily, almost mindlessly, almost reactionary, just you know, whether it's jerking them up or you know, just very quickly spanking and and then moving on very quickly. In other words, I think that's a kind of a common, I think that's kind of a common quote unquote spanking method or discipline method where you just you jerk them up spank them really quickly, you don't do that, and then you move on very terse, very angrily. I think that misses the biblical mark, and I think some of the feedback that we got actually speaks to why that um, misses the biblical mark, but I think that's kind of a common way. Maybe you learned that from your parents and the way they disciplined, and so now you've kind of found found yourself disciplined that same way. So how do we speak to that? Well, I think that's a very profound point you're making there. I think you're saying there's more to discipline than cause and effect. You do this, you get a spanking. Yes. That's not doesn't seem to be the way God disciplines his children. That is the lightning bolt mentality, and I don't know if you guys hmm. have noticed, but it's very rare that we sin and God immediately hits us with a lightning bolt. That's not his way. Uh, Ethan Smith at uh, Ethan A. Smith says, Spanking should be done in love and with the intent to restore. Aim for the heart, not just behavior modification. Hmm. You know, given 140 characters, that's, uh, that's a very good, that's pretty good. Uh, that's a good like tweet. That. 
at Old Pass God said, I think we need uh, to discipline, but not out of anger. He, rules without relationship leads to rebellion. That's good. That's good. That's good stuff. I do Re- think rules without relationship really is the best. If you think about the statement, it's a pretty good segment. That's actually very – that's also very profound. Uh, yeah. Well done there. Uh, Ricky Fair, uh, F-E-I-R. I hope that's – I'm saying that right. Ricky says, uh, at Ricky Fair, my parents spanked me with the intent not to cause pain but to teach me obedience. I am thankful. Um, good good stuff there. Uh, I would be – I think I was disciplined that way too despite the uh, tire rubber incident. Um, it didn't hurt that bad, but it did uh, correct me. Uh, wow. At wow. Kathleen Miles says, uh, we see that the rod is not a physical tool of correction. Uh, yes, but only when we see that the rod is not a physical tool of correction done out of love, which leads to repentance. In other words, spanking should be done out of love in a way that leads to repentance. And I absolutely agree with that. So uh, I'll love the responses here's the, here's the the thing let me let me tell you guys a quick story um, to illustrate this uh, several years ago I had one of the most profound moments as a parent that happened um, actually watching a father and actually it was Sam mm. um, who's been here uh, on the um, on the uh, on the podcast a couple weeks ago disciplining his son and in what I had just happened to oversee it because it was an event that happened actually here at the church. And so um, kind of off, not not very public, kind of off in the corner, um, Sam was disciplining his son. He did so with a spanking. I don't think he would mind me saying that. But what I saw, this, was, this is what I witnessed from a distance. I saw him get down on his son's level, look him in the eye, and talk to him, which I imagined was him explaining what he had done wrong and why he was going to be disciplined. Then Sam, I saw, administered the discipline, which was, in that case, the spanking. But immediately, immediately when he was done, he knelt back. Down and what I saw was his son reach for him and give him a hug. And Sam mm-hmm. sat there with his son and hugged him and consoled him and talked to him. In other words, the, it was such a stark picture from what you sometimes see in spanking, where again, a parent maybe just they see something, they get angry, they grab them up by the arm, or whatever the case is, maybe they give them a few licks and they yell, You don't do that, and then they send them away or they walk away themselves. This was such a different picture because it was such an – almost it was, it was a relationship picture. I loved a moment ago from what the old past God said. It was a picture of relationship because he was explaining why he's being disciplined. He does the discipline, but then he's there. He doesn't leave him. He was there to console him and to give him a hug and say, I love you, and I'm doing what I'm doing out of love. And ever since that moment, I have tried to discipline if I if I have to use spanking in that way, in that manner. And and I have found it to bear much, much fruit. I'll say this because that, that story, you, I, I didn't see that, but I, you have told told me that and I've I've talked to Samuel about it since and that story has informed a lot of the way I discipline my kids even if spanking is not involved but um, our youngest is probably our most headstrong child but she is also our most um, responsive at times to verbal correction and so um, there was a situation recently where she would not listen to her mother she just would not do it and she'd been told and she'd been told and given direction. And, you know, you start on the scale with the, all right, we're going to do this. Okay, we're going to do this. 
okay, we're, you know, and she moved up the scale and finally she just swatted her one time on the bottom. It was not a, come here, whack. I mean, it was just, you're not going to do that. And, and, and she stopped and there was, stopped and moved on. But if I lose my cool and just fuss at her and there's no, there's no physical to it. It's just, I lose my cool that it just goes into a frustrated face and my tone changes. She's wrecked. Yeah. She's wrecked. And, and again, I'm not trying to, to minimize the, the egregious abuse that has happened to people through physical discipline. But, you know, I think we also sometimes forget the power of our words on some children. And especially, you know, for me, it's, it's realized when, with my daughters, the power my words have with them um, in that what a, what a father should represent to their daughters and then what they actually And do. also that tone of voice. And mm-hmm. this is one of the things that I think I was so profoundly struck when I witnessed what I did with Sam was mm-hmm. because, you know, I think what, what you could say true about his son in that moment and, and what I've tried to make true about my kids ever since then is there was never a moment where I want them to feel like I – I'm mad at you. I hate you. I hate what you've Or they know, have to be afraid of Or you. they have to be afraid of me. Mm-hmm. This was – I mean I understand to some degree you're going to fear discipline. I think you, 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 <laughs> yeah, you we fear your yeah. father because you don't enjoy that. Uh, if I could read a little from Romans 12, it says, It is discipline. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Because this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, as it seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And so I think what you get there is it's a loving father who disciplines. And even though it is painful for a moment, not pleasant, it yields good things. And I want my discipline that I do to my kids to 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 be characteristic here of what you see in Romans 12, that they they understand. Yes, they may fear that discipline, but they understand it is out of love, that I am not mad at you, that, that at times, though, I may be displeased with what you have done, I am never displeased with you because you are my child and I love you. And even in doing this, I do this because I love you. And I want them to know that. I think discipline should communicate love. It should communicate boundaries. Yes, it should communicate a call to repentance, but it should communicate love. Paul Wegner uh, is a guy who wrote an article called Discipline in the Book of Proverbs to Spank or Not to Spank. And and he says in that 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 corporal punishment should not cause physical harm. And I think that's absolutely correct. Again, all all of us are advocates for spanking when it's appropriate, but not wounding or harming or what have you. And and I'll suggest this based on kind of what you're tell- the story you're telling about Sam. We parents who are believers in Jesus, who follow the Word of God, should discipline our child in such a way 
that if somebody like Mel Robbins were watching it happen, in other words, watching us spanking our kids when that is necessary, that she would be disarmed from the ability mm-hmm. to say this is something like child abuse. Yeah. Might disagree with exactly how it's done, but no question would be in her mind that this is this this is love. This is a loving parent. Yeah, um, and and I think that's this is I don't use the language punishment. Now I don't I wouldn't argue with someone who does, but. You know, I you hear people sometimes say, "Well, that bad thing happened to me because God is punishing me." As a Christian, I always kind of go back and say, "Well, I, I don't believe that punishment, by definition, is more of you've done something to me, and now I'm going to do something to you back." It's retribution. It's Retributive, it's yeah. yeah. It's 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 punishment for the Christian. If you are a follower of Christ, Christ was punished for your sins on the cross. There's no punishment left for the Christian because Christ took that. That sounds very gospel-y. What does says, gospel have to do with discipline, Dave? Well, because we're hopefully emulating that. And so when you get to Hebrews 12, what the Bible does say is God disciplines us. God disciplines us to correct our behavior. And so uh, I, that should be pl- present with our kids, as you said a moment ago. We're not punishing our kids. This is not a this is not a communication of you did something bad and you have retribution coming. This is a you did this. This is not behavior that should be there. And, and you said earlier, repentance should be there. Um, this, it should have that repentance aspect. It should have that understanding of you know, this is not this is not retribution. This is I want you to understand. There's a different way for you to live, a different way for you to behave. And 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 I think if discipline has that attributes of it, coming from a loving father, them knowing that we're we're not angry with them, that may be displeased with the actions, but not angry with them, angry with the actions, and that we are doing this out of wanting to see repentance, I think it would be very difficult for a parent to abuse a child in that in that way. I'm not saying you couldn't I'm not saying you could couldn't lose your, your temper, but I think if you're losing your temper you're you're missing the mark. And that's where it's crossing over into abusive. In other words, I think if you're following those biblical guidelines you're not going to enter into abuse. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, you, you would agree with the Counseling for Hope who tweeted us and said, Discipline does not equal punishment, but correcting, teaching, and training. Yes. Jesus took our punishment. God oh. still teaches. Who was that? That yes. was uh, Counseling for the number four, Hope. Awesome. I definitely uh, agree with that. Absolutely. And Elizabeth Turnage, who said, teach the beauty of the whole story, the whole story of the gospel. Rules in order, yes, but grace precedes and prevails. Okay, that's nice. the one. I, I liked hers, and, and so let me resp- – I know we probably need to wrap up, but um, let me ask this. Is discipline – because I, I started the question out. Is discipline the only – excuse me, is spanking the only method of discipline for the Christian? Um, I, I noticed here she said grace proceeds and prevails. Um, it, you know, it made me think of: Have you ever explained grace to your kids um, mm-hmm. through a withholding of discipline that they should have received? Because I, I have done that mm-hmm. before. Does is it is it true Christian to say the only discipline is spanking? I think that may be a little controversial, but I tend to fall on the side that what the Bible promotes, especially in Hebrews twelve and throughout the New Testament is um, discipline, disciplining your children as a loving father, but I'm not sure that that is necessary every time to be spanking. I I, I would have to agree with that. Uh, um, the, the interesting thing about spanking is 
never once in the New Testament is there a clear reference to parents uh, spanking. This is you know largely in the book of Proverbs, largely in the Old Testament. I don't think it means it's unbiblical or unchristian. But the thing that strikes me about about discipline in the New Testament, I, I think of two primary passages. I think of Colossians 3, and I think of Ephesians 6. These are probably the two longer passages in the New Testament on disciplining your kids. And both of them start this way. Um, fathers, this is Colossians 3.21, fathers do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Um, Ephesians 6.4, fathers do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That's two commands right there. The first thing out of Paul's mouth is fathers don't provoke your children. And that says to me, you've got to watch out for overcorrection. You've got to watch out for harsh correction. Your job is to never, dads, never discourage your children, to fight things that would discourage your children. Yes, bring discipline. That is your job. That is your job in the household to oversee the the bringing up of your child in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. But if you think that makes you the head spanker or the chief spanker and that that's the only way to discipline your kids, I think you're missing the thrust of grace, the thrust of the New Testament, and that command, don't provoke your children. Well, and I'm not a a Greek scholar, um, as uh, maybe you guys are but uh, just doing a, a check of the uh, uh, of the concordance there for the word uh, Greek word behind discipline seems to mean education training up nurture of children instruction correction and and so not perhaps um, inherently about um, just spanking and, and I, th- I think that's uh, again I think that's one of the things where um, you know it's Maybe that's controversial in the Christian circles, but uh, I think I think the important thing, the thrust, is to discipline your children. And I, again, I am I am an advocate of spanking the correct way in the correct situ- situations. But I think the thrust of the Bible is train them up and discipline them. And so I think correcting your children should have that aim. And to me, if you find the way to do that um, that best reaches them and best points them toward Christ, then that's the avenue to go down. Not necessarily that you have to say the only Christian way is spanking. All right, let's close out. I've got one closing statement. If we're going to be advocates of spanking as a proper biblical discipline, and I, I am, I would say that we need to be quick to call out abuse when we see it. The the Adrian uh, Peterson situation represents going way too far. It's not biblical discipline. I say that because Mr. Peterson uh, claims to be a Christian and has spoken much of God on his Instagram. I cannot judge his walk. Uh, I don't know him. I do know that this is going too far. This does not represent biblical discipline. Amen to that. I'm not going to add anything else. Um, It's it's tough for me to... Because I'm with you, this doesn't represent biblical discipline, and it is hard for me to separate um, when you start the story with something like this that seems seems to go the line. But um, I think it goes. I love again what we what David talked about the illustration with Samuel that 
that as we do, as we encourage one another as brothers to do truth in love, I think you discipline in love with the idea to emulate um, that grace that um, God shows us that um, situations don't go our way, but it's not for our detriment. It's for our good, and it's to point us to to a better way of living and, and acting. And, and I do believe there should be grace at times, not every bad choice by a kid deserves, you know, a snap, um, um, judgment. I think, I think they, we have the opportunity to teach our kids grace as well. Amen to that. All right. Well, that look guys, great discussion. Um, and, uh, you know, please feel free to, if you have a specific question about maybe a situation you're in or a situation you're aware of, and you think maybe we could help with that, you know, be, feel free to contact us. Like Nick said earlier, you can send that email in. We're the only three that are going to see it, and we'll be glad to maybe touch base with you off, offline, so to speak, or out, uh, off the air, so to speak, and, 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 and maybe try to see if we can offer any counsel in that situation. Um, so uh, good dialogue, guys. We're going to uh, – That brings us to Paul Hewson, oh, or does it not? <laughs> now, it looks like – Who is uh, this person you speak of, Chase? Oh, it's a bit of a mystery. Mm. And that's the mission is going to have to wait. So it looks like um, – Dum, dum, dum. David, do you know who Paul Houston is? I don't. I didn't think you did, that judging awesome. by the look on your face. Then we really are going to let that wait. <laughs> so, oh all, all I know is we are – Hey, you lost another point in your genius quiz, Mr. Genius. All I know is that we're kind of running out of time, and so um, every now and then one of our topics gets bumped to the next episode, and it looks like it has fallen wah, to Nick wah, this week. Wah. That his topic Sorry, is scored getting, higher on that test. But uh, next week, our plan, Lord willing, is to talk about uh, the uh, – Christians and alcohol issue and next Apple's topic. oppression. And I guess I'll find out who Paul Houston is next week. Houston. You're making me sad. You right say now. you say Tardis, I say Taurus. It's all kind of the same, <laughs> same thing. Same word, you know. Hey. All right, I hear you, man. Listener Look, in some feedback. ways, can I just say, in some ways, I am not proud of that graphic just because it was hard to to get the doctor's it. face on there. But it. the overall idea of it, I enjoyed The doctor's very much. face on that show graphic was brilliant to me. I didn't notice it first because I was oh, looking at it. Oh, I was looking at it on my iPhone. When I actually went and looked at uh, the Gospel Friends. <laughs> I had a lot of fun making that one. And checked we're it out. That was about brilliant. We're talking about the graphics fun. if you go to our website, which is. Um, yeah, I have a lot of fun the with the, the header images on thegospelfriends.com. If you only subscribe the best parts of the show to the podcast jump over to the gospelfriends.com i have a fun time making those every yeah, at least check out it all does. the graphics that nick does for each episode because they're pretty pretty awesome we're going to do some listener feedback guys and actually kind of end on that today one of the things that you may have noticed if you've been listening from the show from the beginning is that the listener feedback section has gotten kind of large as we move along that is intentional i Absolutely. don't know love it I don't know what would happen if you went to a podcasting conference and had people speaking on what they suggest you do with listener feedback. But, um, guys, if someone asked me, why do you do so much listener feedback? I would say because that was kind of the passion that we had in starting this podcast from the beginning. It was to interact with people on theology and life. Yes. Here, I just, just pull back the curtain a little bit during the week, you know, operating the Twitter, going through the hall of dogma, all that kind of stuff. That thing that pumps us up so much mm-hmm. Monday through Saturday, Sunday, you know, whenever we record the show, just reading, hearing from you guys, reading your feedback, knowing that we have people. Uh, I'll just say this: if I ever go to Adelaide, Australia, you better know I'm going to look up our friend the Baptist Fixer, um, oh, look, and I'm I, I totally want to like go it there. or yeah. not. I'm already trying to figure out how to. Uh, 
vacation with McSorley. And I really, the family reunion, such a treat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, just, I mean, just hearing from people like we heard from somebody from Montana this week that uh, just started listening to the show, and somebody from West Virginia. Man, that's just so. I so don't know. what states do we not have? Like I know you kind of keep up with that. What states do we not have listeners in? Right well, now? the way our statistics work, uh, you know, there's uh, the the by far the largest number of listeners comes from unknown. So it's very likely we have listeners in Rhode Island and Alaska. But those Mark's are the, unknown. Yes, those are the only two states. Home of uh, many professional wrestlers. Indeed, it is. Yeah. So if you are actually listening and you're in Alaska or Rhode Island, we'd like to hear from you because our stats don't pick you okay, up. Okay, but so Alaska wrote two two states only, only that two. we don't yeah. have. That we don't think we don't know for sure we have listeners yes. in. Now you you told us before the show you actually having us guess the top five states, top five states in the United States of America, in the United yes. States of America. Yes. So number one we 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 assumed was Alabama. That That's is where correct. We broadcast from and that far is, and away number one. Oddly enough, we don't we hear more from people out of state than, than we, do, we in. do in state. Yeah, I was That's actually fine. surprised we had Alabama listeners, yeah. except for uh, those that go to the Hall of Dogma Church. Yes, but we apparently have others. So God bless y'all and roll tide or whatever you want to say. Or Eagle. Yeah. All right. Well, number two was um, Texas. Not Texas. No. That's what was close. It? Uh, Michigan. Georgia. Georgia. That's right. It's close to Michigan. Uh, Georgia is very – I think they border each other. So do we hear not? from one listener in Georgia. In fact, Georgia is often Superdome. called South Michigan from what I understand. <laughs> I've heard that. Wow. No, all right. Number three is Texas. Texas, which yep. we've never heard from anyone in Texas, have we? Uh, on Twitter, we probably have. Have we? I just I don't. think. I don't – maybe okay. not. All right. L- but there's, there's like a lot of listeners in Texas. And uh, number five was Michigan. Uh, Ohio, actually. <laughs> Who's where's Michigan? Uh, Michigan is right after Ohio. And number six. And number yeah, they and, won't be uh, happy to hear that because Michigan and Ohio have a kind of a rival. Well, they're very close in, in our stats. And why are we as far that? as uh, international, um, by far and away, the the number one is the United Kingdom. Number two, uh, Canada. Number three, Australia. Interestingly enough, uh, kind of a weird thing. We actually picked up several listeners from New Zealand this week. Really? Just all of a sudden? Yeah. Yeah. They um, took a big bump in the rankings. So, wait a minute. Third place internationally is Australia? They're third? That's correct, yes. So, Dan's uh, quest to make us Osteen-like famous in Australia has... Need uh, some work. Well, need, maybe need, Osteen isn't very famous in Australia. No, I think... Which no, might be a good wow. thing. <laughs> maybe, he, he, he may have been railroading wow. us this entire time. Dan... I mean, I want you to know that our plan to make you king of the U.S., which was the deal, is, <laughs> is – I mean, we're almost ready. Well, we have to be honest <laughs> that uh, he, he's – we're closer to being Osteen-like famous in Australia probably than we are to making him king of America. Him. Well, that's why we're third over there. He doesn't Maybe believe so. we can. Yeah, he doesn't. What was state number four? You didn't give us the fourth. Oh, uh, hang on. Let's see. Oh, so it goes um, – Alabama's one, Georgia, Texas, Ohio, Michigan, California, North Carolina, Tennessee. Okay. And almost nobody from we, – we have very few listeners in Mississippi, which is right next door to us. Mississippi's always last in everything. Oh, and there goes the last of our Mississippi <laughs> listeners. Even in listening to – sorry, Mississippi people. They're not last. They're not nearly hey, last. Hey, how are we but, doing in Paducah, Kentucky? Uh, we have uh, really – we're exploding there for a while, but have really trended really down here lately. Really? I don't know why. Okay. Uh, well, we'll have to work on that. I will say that if you go back to either the pilot or pre-pilot or pre-pre-pilot or I think episode one, one of those, one of those, uh, we actually talk about the different names for the show that we went through before we arrived at Gospel Friends. Yes. Uh, I think it's maybe the pilot. Um, but, you know, we started off talking about things like Back Porch Dogma 
Waffle House dogma. Yep. And as silly as those sound before we arrived at the sophisticated gospel friends, uh, <laughs> the whole point was we were wanting – look, so much of our own walk with Christ and theology has developed as we just sat down and talked at a backyard cookout or at yep. Waffle House. And so we were trying to just kind of bring that to a podcast. And so we want to hear from people. We want to have conversations. And that's one of the reasons that we stress it so much is that we, we are – Energized by that, yeah. And one of our top to- topics for next week was suggested by uh, uh, at Tony Staley, and one of our big th- things for today's show was suggested by Brad Melton. Yeah. So, so we so totally listen. Perfect. Although I'm not sure that we moved anyone closer to Christ with that drive-through funeral story. Yeah. Perhaps wah, wah. we may have moved them closer to meeting Christ. But anyway, <laughs> maybe, oh my! Maybe. Let's do some listener feedback from the Hall of Dogma this week. Dan <laughs> Richardson, Dogma, please save us. The Hall of Dogma. Dan Richardson actually put a downloadable ringtone out on the Hall of Dogma. So if you're not a member there, what you should go and join. But it's a 30-second ringtone for Apple fans. Sorry, Emmanuel. Uh, and uh, it is of... Jesus is a friend of mine, the version done by our... Uh, our good friend Jeff Hendricks. Yes, in Jeff. his band. And so you can go out and that can now, that song can not now be your... Not only chiptune, not entirely. Yes, not entirely chiptune. So it can actually be your um, ringtone on your phone that if you want to go to the Hall of Dogma and, uh, and download that. Um, speaking of the Hall of Dogma, Herschel Kreis this week put uh, a video in the Hall of Dogma. Uh, this was coming off the uh, bad Christian videos from last week, and uh, this was a uh, music video uh, titled Worst Church Singer Ever, Man Sings Looking for a City. Now, when I read the title Worst Church Singer Ever, I thought, well, it can't be as bad as some of the ones that we've already seen. No, no way. Well, let's, let's take a listen here. Hey, Chase, we were looking for the uh, singer of uh, Looking for a City, not someone killing cats. <laughs> that, that is just amazing. Look, we're going to have to tweet that out. I think we need to work a little bit on your vocabulary, okay. Chase. I'm I just really, trying to be encouraging. The gentleman who sings this song is, is apparently on Twitter. and uh, Don't get his name out. Don't want to hurt his feelings or nothing, but singing might be... That was kind of bad. There, there are other gifts that God has given you. You have a Find gift. Find those. <laughs> you have a gift, and it's important to the body of Christ. Speaking wow. of Jeff Hendricks, um, he um, is uh, working on my, uh, according to a post Nala Dalma, working on my Cult of Personality song, uh, the cover of it, wow. which I'm excited about. Great song. That was my favorite song for a while. Back he actually day. was saying he was going to have a hard time maybe uh, converting the uh, Renewed Mind um, to chiptune because um, his children were permanently scarred from having to uh, listen to that I could first see song that. ten times in a row. He wanted oh, to that to his kids. Hey, at Tony Vance says, uh, I find, this is our friend from West Virginia, I find your show thoughtful, humorous, and SEC crazy a little much. <laughs> uh, and he actually recommended us to some of his friends. Uh, thank you so much, Tony. I don't get the SEC crazy part, though. I mean, where does that come from? I, do we talk about football a lot? You guys talk about, you guys talk about uh, football a lot. Not me, though. Okay. Nah, I don't, okay. I don't think we do. Um so, it, yeah, in the Twitter feedback, Tony Staley, who gave us the uh, topic for next week, also weighed in on last week's discussion, Apple or Android. He said, bleh, neither. My Nokia Lumia 1020 oh, owns Windows all Windows. Windows Phone, which I've never actually seen a Windows Phone. Have you guys seen one? Tony has one. One of my nieces have one. 
I have heard of such things, but I've never held one in my hand. Andrew Howard, though, weighed in at AMH underscore 517 and said, Apple all the way, Mike, Mac, and iPhone are great. In your face, I will step back from when it's on the interface, that Metro UI, I know they renamed it since, works much better on a phone, I think, than it does the computer. Just, sorry. There you, go. you you would have enjoyed that conversation last week that uh, me and Chase and Emmanuel had. I, Apple I can't Android. see. Okay, so here's the thing. Emmanuel, I love you. I, I posted this for all the world to see. Well, my friends on Facebook. Emmanuel rocketed towards the top of my favorite people list during parts of the show. And then he utterly just took dynamite, blew a hole in the bottom, and jumped headlong into it and others. And so... Well, I'm going to tell you guys something. Um, I think a star may have been born last week with the general because uh, we've had some cries for him to return to the show. Herschel Kreis came and said, uh, definitely need to have Emmanuel there more often. Enjoyed his contribution at Let There Be Movies. Said the general should also have a tagline, evil is expensive. That's a good tag. That was his. Wow. Uh, that was a line he had last week. And Rob Johnson said, good show, guys. Really like Emmanuel's perspective. He also said, though, I have to say I dug God's Not Dead as I think it opens doors for laymen. Absolutely, Rob. I do, too. You watched that movie this week, did you not? I did, and well, I, I tweeted out. Don't that you I had, watch it every night, I think? So I tweeted out that my kids were working some it. apologetic study, and that's really where you <laughs> – Look, I like the movie. I'm like I Rob. Know. I like the movie. My kids wanted to get it this week, so we bought it. And then I thought, well, hey, this will be funny. I'm going to tweet out that I'm watching it, and in your face, Emmanuel and Chase. Yeah, I the, saw that. That's the nice. problem was I didn't realize I was on the Gospel Friends account when I tweeted <laughs> it out. I saw that as well. <laughs> and uh, I thought I was on my account. Because on my my app you can switch back and forth, so I actually sent it out. For, so I went back and deleted it because it seemed maybe it would be confusing to people. Just just a tad bit. So. That's funny. No, I I, I love that part because you know when Emmanuel said he's like, that's that's great that you like it. Just make sure your daughters never use that for actual apologetics, because they will get destroyed. Well. Um, yeah, I don't want to hate on that movie. There's a lot of good aspects to that movie. I just thought it was a little tone well, deaf. See, that's in some ways. So what do you? Are, and what anybody you guys... that likes it is stupid. No, I'm just kidding. Wow. I wow. kid, I kid. Okay. Hey, Rob, me and you are stupid, buddy. No, I'm kidding. It really my, – half my family really, just, really we take listeners. liked it. it hey, Rob, me and you and them. half of Chase's family are stupid. <laughs> we, which half, Chase? Joke. J-O-K-E. Just like Blake Sims takes go a football team. and just chunks it down. Oh, wait. No, we're back to saddest. Ah, there talk. you go. Um, very sad. Um, do, Christian movies. Okay. So I had a friend today make the statement, well, at least we're finally going to get a good Christian movie with Nick Cage's Left Behind. You know, you have a very optimistic friend there because I, I do not share or that optimism. Delusional. Either one. Uh, is that a Christian movie? Well, and that was the other thing. It's like, oh, you, are you offending uh, uh, pre-tribbers there, buddy? Oh, actually, I was probably, wow. Well, look, I <laughs> – that's a what, probably a okay, huge what portion makes it, of our audience. Uh, what makes it um, Christian? The Left Behind books? Well, that, and well that's, look, I'm I not. Is that based on the left, left Behind books? In the title, Left Behind movie, interestingly enough, but is, is based on the Left Behind books. Okay, but okay, I didn't is think it. it. Ba- I mean, I didn't. Is it really? I'm asking. Is it based on the Left Behind series? Because we've already had Left Behind movies. Yeah, this yeah, is like Kurt Cameron is, was in them. This is like a redo. Oh, so we kind of an early. We've redid them. Yes. Or, yeah, or I mean, it, it is, it is based on the book, and the but I, I do wonder. Well, we only do redid classics. I do wonder if they're not going to separate it a little bit from the more. I, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm a huge Nick Cage fan. I like him, but he wouldn't have been my first pick on no, Christian. For Rayford Steele. What are some of the books they've put out not too 
in the not too distant past that have been that was that book I didn't see that anywhere I'm afraid other than the over overall idea I don't think it's gonna I'm afraid it's not gonna follow it's it's a it's a hard book to make look I'll I'll say this I'm a post trib rapture guy not pre trib and yes you can send your emails to me I, I mean uh, but I really enjoyed the left behind books as far as there's there is a there's some good stuff in there even though I disagree with theology there's some good stuff in there all right we've got to get to an important uh, ending here but I would say uh, check out the show notes uh, if you get a chance this week which you can oh, find. I got one more uh, listener feedback that actually just came in, in the last five minutes oh, go ahead from at underscore get right radio that said we are always learning and growing listening to different shows I like at my gospel friends they have that round table kind of flavor. Awesome. They Appreciate are them. from a bi-weekly podcast with three Christians who love to crack jokes while encouraging believers to flee from sin. That sounds kind of uh, um, Wait, that's who similar. they are? That's who they are. Yeah. Oh, okay, because I was say, we're not bi-weekly. No, we're not. Uh, check out the show notes, which you can go to uh, thegospelfriends.com and read the show notes, because we had some uh, feedback from last week from... Uh, uh, see Michael Wood Last Woodard. Week, so I'm still working on <laughs> Michael see Woodard. What happened was Michael Woodard gave us some um, uh, Woodard gave us some uh, feedback last week on the uh, on the show, as well as um, we had a lot of uh, Brad Melton, um, Super Dad. Uh, who called for the uh, Gospel Friends Dictionary, all gave us feedback on last <laughs> week's show. I do want to give – I've got to give some shout-outs to, to some first-time listeners, at least f- those who I think contacted us for the first time, uh, at Patching Cracks, Patching Cracks, uh, listening to the podcast for the first time, really enjoying it, great stuff. So I said, hey, we will give you a shout-out, and also to the great state of Montana. Go, Montana. Um, because that's where they're from. Uh, Old Paths Guide. Old Paths, P-A-T-H-S, Guide. Um, I, I, I think they're uh, – was that the first time they contacted us, Chase? As far as I know, yes. I said really enjoyed the episode. Um, uh, their, their tagline, their bio says, Keeping people on the straight and narrow old paths since this country started. Follow me as I follow King James. So I said we'd give them a shout-out and also the KJV. Go so. thou friends. <laughs> Um, and uh, see, we heard from Meredith Rinaldi this week, who says she found our podcast about a month ago, and is listening to all of them through from the beginning, loving it so far. So thank you, I apologize Meredith. in advance for many things. <laughs> all right, so here's what we've got to do, guys, to end out today. Uh, last week, we um, we asked Dan Richardson, Baptist fixer from Australia, to call in and explain the very interesting Australian show that we came across called Round the Twist. And uh, and Dan um, called in using speakpipe.com this week, and uh, we saw a YouTube video for Round the Twist and, uh, and uh, thought it to be Intriguing, astounding. So we want to play Dan's uh, voicemail and uh, let him uh, explain to us what Round the Twist is all about, and then we'll make a couple of comments, and then we have to do a follow-up for Dan. G'day, guys. It's uh, Baptist Fixer here again. Uh, just ringing up to school you in on an institution of Australian culture, otherwise known as Round the Twist. Um, <laughs> wow, that's a blast from the past. Uh, the best way to explain it would be a modern-day Scooby-Doo, um, a family that lives in a lighthouse. They go on some wacky adventures and some weird stuff happens. Um, and the weird stuff that happens pretty much always has some kind of logical, albeit Australian, um, explanation. Um, 
yeah. Basically, if you were a kid in Australia in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, you watched uh, Round the Twist when you got home from school. You'd go home from school, you'd have a snack, you'd sit on the couch and you'd watch Round the Twist and you would dream about one day buying your very own lighthouse. So there you have it, gents. Um, yeah, I hope I cleared that up for you. Um, now I sit back and wait for you guys to explain the American institution that is TBN. Wow, that's uh, definitely something that has... Um, hmm affected the body of Christ. Anyway, bless you guys. Catch up with you later on. Cheers. All right, first comment. <laughs> I love Dan. I, I do too. Love him. I can't wait to vacation with him when we're on the Gospel Friends can't World Tour. Wait. I, I hope his house Australia. is big. Hey Dan, do you have enough room for all of us? We have a lot of kids. Lots of Lots kids. Of kids. <laughs> love <laughs> Australia. Wanted a honeymoon in Australia. Kids. Didn't quite have the the bones to afford it between us all. But um Weird stuff that happens on the show that is logical. Okay, the thing about the fish, and, and I can't even mention this was a kids' show on Australia. I can't even mention on the air the thing that happens with the fish. What was about but, the fish? <laughs> logical. Uh, maybe Australian logic and American logic somewhat different. Now I do realize we so there was an TV incident the with world. a Dan, fish. We're going to miss you. Thank there, you for being along. <laughs> there was an incident with a fish on Round the Twist. According to this YouTube video that we watched. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't call it logical. Uh, well. Wow. Stunning. Uh, I would call it stunning. Look, Dan, Dan gave us what we asked for. Good job, and Dan. Now, unfor- the general last week, uh, Emmanuel, added a little caveat to the end. He said, Dan, if you'll call in and, and explain around the twist, uh, <coughs> then um, we'll explain to you TVN. Yep. And, uh, so TVN is the Trinity Broadcasting Network, yes, home of um, the Crouch family, I believe, is it not? Paul and Jan Crouch, who Paul, Paul Crouch recently passed away, I believe. Um, not sure if Jan's still uh, alive or not. I think she is. Um, I grew up watching a lot of TBN because of the... the uh, still alive? She's still alive. Okay. Confirmed. So uh, I thought it was only Born fair. in Alabama? Really? I did not know that. Well, you know the TBN. So, okay, but, the, the TBN, but there's also that guy that they put in the freezer that they say is still alive. So, are, are we sure? All right. So, um, the, uh, the you know the TBN Glory Send Land. Send your lawsuits to Nick Jenkins. I don't know what they Do call you don't it. Remember the, the? I'm really trying to get us back on track. <laughs> I think that ship is on my screen. The uh, TBN, um, whatever they call it, the, the their big compound that you can tour <laughs> and. Uh, is there serious? I think they just call it the big compound. Look, I've seen it's in Florida. It's it's, it's one state away from us. There are studios and stuff where they they they. Oh, okay. By the way, it's not TBN.com. That's something else. What is the uh, website for TBN? I I don't know. I don't go there. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I only watch it when I want to get angry. Okay, TBN.org. Um, they are. Um, Anyway, wherever their studio is in Florida, we've passed by it before. It's got a name for the uh, the, the place, the Holy uh, Holy Land. I think they call it that, the Holy Land experience. Uh-huh. But they're, but they're talking not about the Holy Land. Anyway, I'm not I'm not really up on TBN. But let me tell you who is up on TBN, Nick, the General. And so I thought <laughs> since the General got us into this mess, we'd let the General get us out of this mess. <laughs> hey, well, just just for the record, I don't think the Holy Land experience and TBN are the same thing. Just, you know, okay, so, to well, head off some of the emails. Wait a minute. No, I, look, this is what I'm saying. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think uh, the Holy Land experience, is, it's like 
the name of their net, the name of their compound, for lack of a better word. <laughs> compound. Oh, help us, Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, no, we don't. I'm not up on TBN very much. Look, they have like a Six Flags Over Jesus thing that you can go to. <laughs> it's like a like an he attraction amusement park deal. I don't think there are rides there, but you can go in and tour their facilities, and they have a name for it, and it may be the Holy Land. That's what I'm saying. Trinity Music City? I don't know. Christmas in October. Hey, if Holy you're a TBN man. fan, I imagine this will be your last episode. <laughs> yes. But could you write in and tell us oh, the I'm name pretty of sure their... If they're, oh, they're holy cow, TV. you're right. They do own the Holy Land experience. Thank you. Well done, David. I would like that you are right in a soundbite that I could have on Noted my phone. Noted TBN scholar J. David McConnell is proof no, correct. I'm trying to tell you, when we went to Disney World, we passed by the thing because I made a wrong turn. Can I just call out right now there. that I don't think that... Saying we found it on the way to Disney World is the gre- greatest. Look, it's down. No, he it's got down it in the there. donors' packet that Disney, was sent to Disney him last World, year. Mm. Disney World's down there. Universal Studios and the Holy Land thing. And the Holy Land. Okay, experience. help us, Jesus. If there's also isn't the Lego thing down there, Legoland. Let's play the generals. The general I called in today and I asked him to leave us a voicemail explaining TBN. Save us, general. You're our only hope. So, uh, the general, <laughs> take it away. Hey guys, it's Emmanuel, and uh, this is my attempt to explain what TBN is. Uh, here goes. TBN is what happens when men promote the idea that God wants everyone to be happy, wealthy, and successful, ignoring the fact that Jesus was a man of sorrows who had nowhere to lay his head, and that true success is measured by obedience to the Father. TBN is what happens when men teach that you can name it and claim it, blab it and grab it, ignoring the fact that any requests we make have to align with God's will. It's what happens when experience trumps good exegesis. It's what happens when men sanctify greed and stir the sinful desire for more in others. And TBN is what happens when Christians do not test the spirits when we don't study to show ourselves approved. It is also where big hair and bit and bad makeup collide in horrific fashion. All right, guys, have a good show. Thanks, uh, Emmanuel. I'm not sure if he got us out of that hole or dug it deeper. I think he did I, about as good a job as a human being can do to look, describe the origins of that. Yeah, I was about to say that work. All right, let let me say this real quick as we close out because I. Uh, I, I did grow up watching a lot of the people on TBN and in the in the circles that we ran in and and um, some of the church uh, churches that that I grew up in, um, but I am not making a blanket statement that every person who broadcasts on on TBN is like a heretic or not worthy of watching. Um, I, I was reading through some of their listing of their so here's their upcoming for tonight their upcoming um, broadcast schedule people like Joyce Meyer. Uh, I'm not really wanting us to to make necessarily comments on all these people, but uh, James McDonald, Walk in the Word, uh, broadcast James on McDonald's. there. James McDonald. Yeah, uh, and, and I'm actually I think James McDonald's pretty solid, isn't he? I'm not I, I'm not a fan, and not in the sense that I don't like him or not, but uh, I just I've never listened a whole lot or read a whole lot. Of I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of his teaching, but uh, I mean of of of. He was on the Listening Elephant Room. To him, but uh, I know from the okay. Elephant Room yeah. with yeah. Platt and uh, Driscoll and some of those guys. So I, I thought he was you know, pretty solid theologically. Wasn't he one of the ones that ganged up on Platt? Uh, he was, but so did Driscoll. Yeah, so. bad move. Joyce Meyer, I've already mentioned her. Creflo Dollar. Uh, John Hagee probably don't have the, the largest. Um, um, uh, well, anyway, let's move on. Benny Hinn. 
Kenneth Copeland, Franklin Graham. Um, yeah, Franklin Graham. Uh, James Robins, uh, Robison. Um, more solid than some of those names. Jensen Franklin. Also. Is, uh, maybe more solid than some he, of those he, names. I was going to say, is he pretty solid? Jesse Duplantis. Joel Osteen. Perry Stone. So uh, that's their upcoming schedule. Um, I definitely get – look, I'm not, overall, if you ask me, if, if someone says, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm watching TBN – I'm probably pretty skeptical uh, of 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 the programming skeptical that you're of the programming that you're watching. Wow. I'm not trying to I, some of you know. I guess we'll we'll see if we get some feedback on uh, on the Benny on the uh, on the TBN on stuff. the Benny on the Benny <laughs> on the a little uh, bit of a the TBN. But look, there has been some wild and crazy stuff oh, that geez. has come over there off of. Uh, I have family members, a huge Benny Hinn fans and Kenneth Copeland fans, but some of the things that those guys have said over the years on Paul Crouch's broadcast, including really kind of taking people who are critics of them to task and using scripture like, if you touch the Holy One or the Anointed One of God, death may come, you know, I mean, there's really an allusion to that. You can find it on YouTube. Look at that kind of stuff and discover that this is, this is, and I'm not saying they don't love Jesus. I'm not saying they're, they're, uh, they're not brothers in Christ, but they're, to me, they're teaching um, much of them on a wrong, on I'm, a wrong path. I'm grieved that that is the the one of the main exports of uh, quote Christianity uh, in America to the rest of the world. I will say to you, the rest of the world, that uh, the large majority of uh, fellowships, churches here in America, do not look like that. Do not adhere to that sort of theology. Um, but it does choke up our television screens, sadly. Yes, sadly. So. I rejoice that Christ is preached, but I am grieved at a lot of the other things that is said as well. And I would, yeah, Help us, Lord. Like I, exactly. I think there are people who may say, I came to know Christ through that, you know, through a program on there, through that channel, and, and I would not doubt that. Uh, I, I would not doubt, as God can use many things to bring people to Himself, but uh, overall, I'm not a not a fan of most of the programming that's on that channel. So, hopefully, uh, Dan, uh, um, the general, explained that well for you, <laughs> guys. We are probably uh, well, like usual. We probably just need to stop saying we're over time. Well, that that brings to a close. I was just about average. Another terse, succinct. Yeah, uh, episode just... of the Gospel Friends shortest podcast that you listen to. We, we appreciate everybody who listens. I think we're going to avoid tonight spending ten minutes talking about how we can close the show, and we'll just. Oh come on! That was my favorite part. We'll just close it out. What do you guys think? Good night and good luck. <laughs>
That that stinks. That's one of the most famous closing statements of all time. Who said that? I don't know. Um, Edward R. Murrow, I think. I think that's right, actually. Uh, don't even know who that is. Uh, Just because wow. you're an uncultured swine doesn't mean it's not. <laughs> hey, we're doing it again. I was going to say. It's hard to resist. <laughs> well, it's hard to resist when you make the ending as stinky as you just made it. I had one line. Aww. One thing to say. You could have just said amen, and then that would have been great. I can't say amen to good night and good luck. What's wrong with that? It's Well, you stole it from someone else, number one, and it's... Like you stole your game? Nick? (laughs) You're just bitter. You're bitter at the game. Yes, I am. Because it said you're really slow. In fairness. (laughs) You're going to be slow when you can't pump. I'm going to Waffle House. Is anyone going to join me? And so it goes. How about let's end it like that? Let's head to Waffle House. Sounds good. Maybe Waffle House will sponsor us one day. That would be ideal. All right. I'm going to go get I've already stars. cut the show off, by the way. I'm gonna go, you've already stopped recording? Uh, no, we're still recording now. Oh. But as far as the listeners know, uh, either... They'll never hear this? Either not, unti- not... I'm sorry, bro. Whoever made the 8-bit thing for us, because his username is different things in different places... And I, I mistyped that three times when I was doing the show notes a couple weeks. I'm sorry. I hope I got it right. But, yeah, you're already hearing theme music. Well, okay. I was just going to say let's go have an all-star special and call it a night. Ready? Break. 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 <laughs>